On this week's episode of Ride the Lightning, the Tesla unofficial podcast, a new government certification suggests that the Model Y might start delivering even sooner than previously expected. Plus, Elon shows off another fun new upcoming feature for the Tesla fleet, an update on the Tesla Semi, and more. Welcome, friends. I'm Ryan McCaffrey, and to my left, snuggled atop a blanket pile, it's Daisy the Boxer Puppy. Welcome to episode 233 of Ride the Lightning, the Tesla unofficial podcast. This one for January 19th, 2020. I hope you're all enjoying a three-day holiday weekend for, I think, most, if not all of you in the United States. Mine is just getting started. Of course, I record on late Friday nights most of the time. Let's get rolling right away. There's plenty to talk about in the world of Tesla news. Some really interesting stories this week. The first one, arguably the most interesting of all, and that is this. The Model Y might officially hit the roads very soon, and I'm not talking about release candidates. Uh, It could happen quietly, though. So get this. Uh, Bazi Tatarovich, if I'm pronouncing that correctly, was first on this on Twitter, noting, quote, The CARB certificate for the Tesla Model Y performance was published on January 9th, that of course being uh, the California uh, emissions certification. UDDS range is just slightly higher than that of the Model 3 long-range performance with 20-inch wheels, uh, 441.91 miles versus 433.5 miles. So if you're a little confused, let's, let's break this down. So this is a certification given... Uh, you know, just before a vehicle is imminent, before it is hitting the road. So for a little extra context, uh, a Twitter user who follows me by the name of Alter Vigo, uh, with the Twitter profile of Vigo Mortensen from Aragorn from Lord of the Rings. (laughs) If you're listening out there, I apologize. I don't have your real name, but a little context from Alter Vigo, who notes, Tesla published a Model Y carb certificate on January 9th. Tesla signed the long-range rear-wheel drive Model 3 certificate on July 3rd, 2017. That was 25 days before the first deliveries on July 28th. And of course, with the Model 3, the long-range rear-wheel drive was the first uh, vehicle to be made publicly available. So in other words, this is all to say that with this Model Y carb certification, when you look at how it went with the Model 3, there is it is reasonable to hypothesize that the first official Model Y deliveries might be quite close. We don't know for sure, but there's one other thing, I think, that corroborates this a little bit. And I want to note, it doesn't make it a definite fact, but it is corroborating evidence. So we already know, via the the current version of the Tesla referral program, that there will be Founders Edition Model Ys, which are likely to go uh, to not just the referral winners, but probably also company insiders and key investors uh, as well, because that's been the case with every previous Founders Edition uh, of a Tesla, which has been, I guess, the original Roadster plus the S and X, uh, and then we'll have another round of them with the new Roadster, and but there there wasn't one for the Model 3. 
So uh, the thing besides just knowing that those founders edition Model Ys exist is that we also know, thanks to Elon tweeting about it a while back, that those founders edition Model Ys will be performance Model Ys. So this CARB certificate being specifically for the performance Model Y, I think gives a little bit of credence to this now, uh, given that the performance Y is going to be the one we know for a fact that's coming first. Now, the other item of interest here, if you were listening to that and, and thinking, wait a second, what were you talking about with the UDDS range and why the heck was it so high, 400-something miles? It is a city-only test that's really not representative of real-world conditions in the way that the EPA range rating uh, attempts to be, and in, and in experience, it pretty well is. I think it's, it's, it's reasonably accurate, but... The fact that the performance-wise UDDS range, when you compare apples to apples here, is higher than the performance model 3's range, uh, could indicate that the Y, at least the performance variant, though logic would suggest that the other trims would follow, could have slightly better range than the 3. And that, in and of itself, would be very interesting and awesome, by the way, because Elon has previously talked about, in fact, the, the current Tesla design studio reflects about how the Model Y is a bigger vehicle, a slightly heavier vehicle, and will get slightly less range. That's how it's been presented to us, and that's what physically, just <laughs> physics-wise, makes sense. And obviously, the two cars share the same platform, the same drivetrain, but also remember, the thing that could make this a little more plausible is that the uh, UDDS testing here, this is comparing a 2020 Performance Model Y to a 2018 Performance Model 3, which is, a, which is a, so that's, that's, a, that's a pretty good gap. And we know Tesla is always improving the cars, so they might have made some efficiencies on the 3 very quietly that are being rolled into the Y. So... All around, this is good news, whether you're talking about the possible imminent arrival of the first Model Ys or the range for the Model Y. So I will be very much staying on top of this. You had better believe it. I know there's a lot of you out there eager to take delivery of your Model Y, but some potentially excellent news on the Y front. Now, of course, you know, the, the timing isn't necessarily going to match up exactly. You know, it's not going to be like, well, it was, you know, one month, five weeks, whatever, from CARB certificate to, uh, for the three to the, to the release of it. But, uh, so it's not necessarily going to be the same amount of time here, but it does, it is an indication that the Y could be very, very close, at least those initial Founders Series vehicles. Next this week, Elon Musk showing off Tesla's being able to talk, and I use that in quotes, except I really shouldn't because it's literal, to talk to passers-by, oh, and also criminals as well, potential criminals, get this, Elon taking to Twitter to say, Tesla's will soon talk to people if you want, this is real, and here is audio, here's an audio clip from the video that Elon posted of a Tesla driving by another Tesla. Take a listen to this. Well, don't just stand there staring. Hop in. <laughs> I didn't practice that expression long. 
First of all, that is hilarious and awesome. Uh, second, Elon was asked as a follow-up, can this be added to sentry mode? To which he replied, for sure, with two exclamation marks, not just one. And he says, this will make for some epic robber confusion. Insert emojis here. Uh, he also noted that it will talk to pedestrians. Now, speaking of pedestrians, you will need the pedestrian speaker to utilize this feature, which means only Tesla's made since September of 2019. So just all of you super new owners are going to be able to utilize this. But uh, I imagine this is going to generate a whole bunch of pretty hilarious YouTube videos. I mean, talking car alarms aren't new in and of themselves. I remember one from years ago. I think I was a kid. I heard it going off in a parking garage, and it just kept repeating, Warning, you are too close to the car. Please step back over and over and over. By the way, on a side note, uh, are traditional car alarms even worth spending a dime on? I'm not asking for a yes or no, because in my answer, my estimation, the answer is no, because everyone at this point, I feel like, is trained to believe that if they hear a car alarm, it's a false alarm, and that's because 99% of the time, it seems like they are. It's like paying money for the boy who cried wolf, the car accessory. But anyway, uh, I digress. This might be the first car alarm, talking car alarm, that's ever spoken sarcastically to a would-be thief or vandal for whatever that will be worth, but uh, I don't know. I mean, thinking more seriously about it, it might diffuse some ne'er-do-wells, but I could also see, I, I wonder, I worry that it could infuriate others if this car that they're already angry about for some reason, whether they're just angry because they just want to steal something out of it or they're angry that it's a Tesla and, you know, we've seen a lot of videos online of people uh, vandalizing Teslas seemingly for no real good reason. But um, I don't know. It's going to be interesting to see how this how, how this actually rolls out and, and uh, affects situations in the real world. On a postscript here, P.S., and, and I'm being totally serious about this, can we please get William Daniels, who is the voice of Kit from the old David Hasselhoff Knight Rider series. Can he do, I would love for him to do VO for this. I won't be able to utilize this. My car doesn't have a pedestrian speaker, but how great would it be to fully realize the kit dream and actually have William Daniels doing VO for the cars? That would be, and just have him, and he, it would be your car with kit talking to other cars and people. That would be, that would be amazing says this this particular child of the 80s. Uh, anyway, next up this week, a Tesla semi-truck update, and it comes courtesy of a letter to reservation holders. It was posted by Twitter user who goes by the profile name of JPR007. Uh, this, that person does follow me on Twitter, so if you're listening, hello. And the letter reads as follows. Uh, we have confirmed we are on track to produce limited volumes of the Tesla Semi in the second half of 2020. Over the last few months, we have continued testing the trucks in real-world conditions. We also spent time at a proving ground to evaluate the truck's resilience over rougher road conditions. Using instruments mounted on the vehicle, we collected road input data to ensure the trucks can handle severely degraded roads. At our own Fremont testing facility, we subjected the trucks to a number of high-energy, discrete events such as curb strikes, 
potholes, and other harsh inputs to confirm the truck is capable of handling common hazards. Our test vehicles have held up great thus far and continue to impress. In addition to real-world tests, we also successfully completed several important engineering development checkpoints. As the truck's design continues to mature, these impro- excuse me, those improvements are being rolled into our plans for building more production-representative vehicles, which we will have more details on next year, and I'm guessing that means this must have been sent in late 2019, and they mean this year. Uh, continuing... In the short term, the team is gearing up for several weeks of winter testing to validate the truck's performance in cold weather and low traction conditions. We are excited to share insights from the winter with you, as we will be able to highlight the major advantages of of electric traction and motor control, which no diesel-powered train can match. Over the last two years, we've also been actively engaged with Char-In, an industry working group representing OEMs, customers, and charging equipment suppliers. Char-In has been working to define a standard for charging heavy-duty electric vehicles, and we have shared our expertise in designing high-speed charging solutions with Char-In stakeholders. We hope to be able to share the good outcome of those conversations with you in the coming months. Stay tuned. Thanks again for your support. Well, I want to note here uh, that just to just in case, because I do take my uh, journalism degree seriously, I have not been able to 100% confirm that this is real. I'm not saying I think it's fake, but just as a caveat, just take it with a small grain of salt. It certainly appears real by every metric. Uh, so assuming it is legit, I think the big takeaway here is the specific wording of we are on track to produce limited volumes of the Tesla Semi in the second half of 2020, end quote. That means they could produce one, or I guess since they said volumes, two, on December 31st and still be accurate to that stated intention. Now, the other thing to keep in mind here, too, is whether or not this means customer deliveries or not. Note that Tesla didn't say the word deliveries anywhere in there. And that's relevant, I believe, because uh, Tesla has previously said that they will be their own first customer, which makes a lot of sense because then they can be their own beta testers, which is going to be a crucial part of the process when your actual paying customers are all multi-million or even multi-billion dollar companies who are not going to be thrilled if they get an unfinished or unpolished product that gives them any issues of significance. So... The way I personally interpret this is that Tesla is going to make 1.0 version semis for themselves this year and then start fulfilling customer orders next year. And at last count, by the way, uh, we have publicly confirmed orders numbering in at least the hundreds, so if not over a thousand. There are plenty of orders out there for these trucks, and obviously once they start to get out into the wild and start to return some real-world data and experience, odds are many, many, many more orders from companies will will start to pour in. Well, uh, the thing is here, they can't, with the semi, they can't model Y this one, meaning they can't sandbag the, the stated timeline and bring it to market more quickly than they initially said. Sure, yes, the, the semi-truck does use Model 3 motors, which are proven, and, and uh, there's tons of real-world data on those. But here's the thing. The autopilot system 
is going to be very different than anything Tesla has ever done before because obviously the sheer size and weight of the semi truck and plus the battery tech in the semi is probably going to be pretty cutting edge in order to supply enough juice to get a fully loaded rig 500 miles down the road from where it started. So I think Tesla is going to take the time to get this completely right. There is a lot riding on this. I know I I maybe sound like it might sound like I'm being uh, hyperbolic on this, but if Tesla gets this truck right, then it could potentially disrupt an entire large industry and represent significant business for Tesla and just uh, true to the mission of Tesla, it could lead to a lot more electric vehicles on the road and higher polluting vehicles that are driven all day, every day off the road. That said, Tesla can't take too long on these, lest those multi-million and multi-billion dollar companies start to get antsy about their orders. So it's a tough tightrope for Tesla to walk, but it's good to see that update letter, and it sounds like everything is going very well so far. Got, a, let's see, three more stories for you this week before I move on to your phone calls in the Ride the Lightning hotline. This one out of New Jersey. I am from New Jersey originally. Vernon, represent. So uh, this one pleases me to report to you. New Jersey approves landmark electric vehicle legislation with the most progressive consumer rebate in the Northeast. This was a press release I received that read as follows. In a 27 to 12 state Senate vote and a 65 to 9 state assembly vote, the New Jersey legislature passed landmark legislation to electrify the state's transportation sector and help New Jersey meet its climate goals of moving the state to 100% clean energy by the year 2050. The legislation offers buyers of electric vehicles up to $5,000 in cash-on-the-hood rebates, calls for the installation of 1,400 additional chargers, 400 of which will be DC fast chargers to complete a statewide fast charging network. It incentivizes hotels, apartments, condos, and townhouses to add chargers with a goal of 30% of New Jersey shared living units having access to EV chargers and 50% of hotels. It sets goals for increasing electric vehicle usage across the state with at least 2 million of all light-duty vehicles, that's cars, minivans, SUVs, pickup trucks, on New Jersey roads to be electric by 2035, and 85% of vehicles sold or leased in New Jersey to be electric by 2040. And it requires New Jersey Transit to phase in electric bus purchases and to buy only zero-emission buses after the year 2032. It still needs to be signed by the governor to go into law, but it is looking good having moved through both uh, chambers of the state legislature there. And by the way, one very important note on this for prospective Tesla buyers in New Jersey. It has an MSRP cap, the $5,000 rebate now we're talking about, an MSRP cap of $55,000 on the vehicle you're purchasing. So... Model 3 will qualify, but not the performance Model 3. And it's, that's going to be the same thing on the Model Y. Every Model Y will qualify except the performance Model Y. And obviously that also means none of the Model S's and none of the Model X's will qualify either. But you may have heard the uh, 
the interesting phrase as I read through that press release. Cash on the hood for the rebate. While I'm not sure if you can ask for that in literal cash on the hood of your new Model 3, uh, it will come off the purchase price right away, which is just fantastic. I mean, that's awesome. That's really, really great. It's, uh, it's just right off the top there. So I just wanted to pass that along to my New Jersey friends and say congratulations to the New Jersey state government and congratulations to all of you future Tesla buyers in New Jersey. This is great, great news. Next up this week, if you're in the market for a Tesla wall connector to charge your car, there is a new third generation wall connector that's now available in the online Tesla store, which is at shop.tesla.com. What's interesting about this is not just that it has a glass white faceplate, which uh, looks pretty cool based on the picture online. The version two ones, if you're curious, that they'd been selling were, had been available in silver and in, more recently in black. But the big new feature is built-in Wi-Fi support, which presumably is going to be used in places like hotels and condos and apartment complexes where a bunch of these destination chargers are hooked up so that they can maybe then talk to each other and load balance to make for a healthier situation uh, for the car's charging and for the, uh, the grid itself as well. Now, I, I don't profess to know exactly what Tesla might be thinking with an onboard Wi-Fi uh, chip on this new wall connector. So if anybody out there has a better idea about what Tesla might be doing, with onboard Wi-Fi on this wall connector, I would absolutely love to hear it. Feel free to email or call in. I'll give you that information in just a few minutes. Now, real quick, speaking of the Tesla store, uh, Cybertruck is a huge hit, obviously. I talked about how, I mean, we know about the 250,000 pre-orders uh, reservations already, at least, that we know of. And I was telling you about uh, how <laughs> just the, the general traffic on this podcast went up at uh, like significantly up around the, the reveal of the Cybertruck. So it is drawing a ton of interest out there. So that no doubt includes a lot of you guys. And I wanted to pass along that the shop.tesla.com online store now has some Cybertruck merch. So there's the trucker hat with the cool triangle shape side profile of the Cybertruck, the, the sort of logo basically for the Cybertruck. Uh, that's available up there for 25 bucks. That's the one I, I got one of those. If you follow me on uh, Instagram, you might have seen that. I uh, posted that up. So they, they handed that out to the attendees of the Cybertruck event. So they're now selling it. There's also a Cybertruck hoodie up there. It's a black hoodie with it says Cybertruck on the front in that graffiti font that they used on stage during the reveal. And there's a black T-shirt that they call the Bulletproof Tee that has a picture of, yes, you guessed it, the broken window uh, on the front of the, the front of the t-shirt. And then it's got that same graffiti Cybertruck logo on the back of the shirt. So if you're interested in any of that, you can head over to the Tesla online store. And man, you know, you gotta love Tesla just embracing that whole window breaking thing and completely owning it. Because, you know, I, I work in the video game media world. So I, I deal with PR every day and I 
I am surrounded by PR, whether or not I'm directly dealing with it. And so, you know, I've seen enough over the years to, in my opinion, that's the way to get through something like that window breaking issue PR wise. You just own it, own it, embrace it, be human about it. Uh, and that's, and look what it's done. Like people now, like it's, it's turned into a, a net positive for Tesla. For me, though, I uh, was not quite tempted enough by any of the Cybertruck merchandise. As I've told you, I, I don't have room for one, so I, I won't be buying one. But the new item, there's one other new item I'll mention while I'm just talking about this subject. One other new item on the online Tesla store. It's another t-shirt. comes in three colors, white, gray, or black. And it just says in block lettering on the front, made on earth by humans, right on the front there, which is a nod. If you're wondering, wait, what does that mean? It is a nod to the inscription on the circuit board inside the Tesla Roadster that SpaceX launched into the great beyond aboard the Falcon Heavy. So that is, if if extraterrestrial life ever finds that Roadster floating through space and they start to take it apart, they will find that circuit board where it says, uh, inscribed on there, made on Earth by humans. So I bought that shirt. It says it's a limited run shirt. So I thought, you know what? I like that. I like the sort of reference and that it's not an overtly Tesla shirt. It's just like, you know, friends in the know will know what that is. So I picked up one of those for myself. In fact, it already arrived. I ordered it er like earlier this week and it came within a day or two. It was very, very quick. So uh, if any of that is of interest to, to you, you can go get that merch before it sells out. Now, finally this week, a story that may never amount to anything. I want to caveat that up front. But... If it does amount to something, it's going to be a major new thing. So it's kind of a all or nothing type of situation on this. But listen to this. It's super interesting either way. Tesla has posted a sketch of a car, presumably drawn by Franz von Holzhausen, because it very much looks like the same Franz sketches that I have uh, many posters of for the Model 3 and the Model X from attending those unveiling events. It looks like a Franz sketch. And the car is uh, what appears to be a Tesla hot hatch. Yes, a small, like, city Tesla with a hatchback on it. Uh, it's a small car with a... The front end of it has a family resemblance to the 3 and the Y. But again, as I said, it's, it's a very short length car with that hatchback. I advise you, I advise, I mean, it sounds, that sounds so clinical, doesn't it? I advise you, no. I, I definitely recommend, take a look at the image. You can find it on Teslarati, my friends over there. And here is Teslarati's report on it. They say, quote, China-focused news website Abacus first spotted the announcement of Tesla on its official WeChat account on Wednesdays. So that's, that's where Tesla had posted this. Roughly translated, the ad says, quote, Tesla is waiting for you. Chinese-style Teslas will sweep the world, end quote. Uh, the Post stated that Tesla is looking for outstanding design talents to create original Chinese-style Teslas. The company is encouraging those with bold ideas and welcomes even non-car designers, since according to Tesla China, the new designers will not just design ordinary cars. Quote, let the most beautiful Chinese art be integrated into the future-oriented Tesla per the Tesla WeChat post. Thank you, Tesla Roddy, for that. So this design team, now you may remember that Tesla is planning to open regional design centers at both 
Gigafactory 3 in Shanghai and Gigafactory 4 in Berlin, which by the way, when that happens, that will seemingly elevate Franz von Holzhausen to even more of a director level role than he's art than he's at now, which hopefully means he's still going to be designing cars because he is just so talented. I, I really hope he's not going to just stop designing cars and instead simply manage the design teams. But I guess that's uh, that'll be something for me to ask him uh, the next time I get to sit down with him, which hopefully will happen again at some point. But uh, anyway, uh, so the, the, this design team in Shanghai would seemingly create cars and other things for the Chinese market and probably neighboring markets as well. I would imagine maybe India or Australia or both. But, you know, that's not to say that a potential Tesla hatchback wouldn't find its way here to America as well. It just might be designed uh, with China in mind first, as that maybe would be its biggest market, potentially. The question now, after staring obsessively at this sketch this week, is whether or not that hatchback, that sketch, is a real car that Franz and his team are working on, or if it's just something he sketched that's never going to see the light of day, but it worked here as a good eye catcher for this particular job posting in China. I mean, Elon has already warned us, exactly as I had predicted after the Cybertruck event, uh, that we shouldn't expect to see any new product unveilings from Tesla anytime soon, now that Tesla has more vehicles announced but not in production yet, then they'd have vehicles that are actually in production. So we, we are seemingly heading into a quiet time as far as vehicle announcements go. They've got to uh, turn some of these announced cars into uh, cars that are in production. But it's going to be really, really interesting to see if anything happens with this because, on a personal note, if you've been listening for a long time, you know that my wife, uh, who was very sort of slow to come around on Tesla but eventually has. She is now at the point where I, I think she, I don't even know if she would admit it, but she's, I think she likes being in the Model 3 enough. Uh, and then, I mean, it's a, it's a pretty, her car is a 2005 Mini Cooper, so it's not new. You know, it's, it's, uh, she's had it for a while. And to her credit, you know, it's paid off and it's fine for her for now. But she keeps, now she like will not stop asking, like she's, talking a lot about uh, a Model M. That's what she's been referring to it as, a Model M for Mini. So uh, this hatchback, when I sent her this picture, she, uh, I, told, I, I wrote her a note that said, I think Franz is trolling you now because this is exactly what my wife wants, like literally the exact car. Um, if, especially, yeah, it's, I, so I'd love to see her the make it because then we could, we could uh, completely ditch our all gasoline cars in our household and go all Tesla. But yeah, so uh, I'll be, I'm going to be first in line with my wife if this thing ever does get made and made available in the United States. But uh, like I said, this could end up being nothing. But here's, here's the one bit of hope I'm clinging to on this, because obviously this is not the normal way that Tesla announces cars. Then again, the Cybertruck wasn't the normal way that Tesla designed cars either. So, you know, take that for what it's worth. But yeah, you know, the, the, the last point I was going to make here was that knowing Tesla and their tendency to not waste effort, 
you know, to just try and be as efficient as possible with all things. This sketch may not have just been a doodle that Franz made for a job posting. Like, this could very well end up being a product that gets made three, four, five years down the line. Well, fingers crossed in the McCaffrey household. That's all I got to say about that. That's everything I've got for you in the week of Tesla news. But stick with me. Your awesome phone calls are coming up next in the Ride the Lightning hotline. Stick with me. Time for your Tesla questions, comments, and discussion topics here in the Ride the Lightning hotline. You can reach me in one of two easy ways for that, which I welcome and encourage. I love this part of the show. Love to get as many other voices and opinions and uh, just perspectives here on this podcast as I can. So you can either use your smartphone's built-in voice recording software to record your question and email it to me. Uh, Please try to keep your question or keep your call to 90 seconds or less. That's a minute and a half. Would super appreciate it. That lets me get to as many calls each week as possible. So you can email me teslapodcast at gmail.com with that uh, recording, or you can take that same 90-second call and uh, actually call in on the Ride the Lightning hotline. You just leave a message that's very simple. The toll-free number for that is 1-888-989-8752. That's 1-888-989-TSLA. And if you know someone special with an upcoming birthday, anniversary, graduation, or some other special occasion, you can give them a unique gift of recorded voices from friends and family telling them why they're special. The recordings can be podcasted like I do with them, or you can put them onto a keepsake. Visit lifeonrecord.com to learn more. Let's start with Russell from Australia, who uh, wants to bring up a particularly interesting topic that doesn't get brought up a lot in the world of Tesla. Take it away, Russell. Hey, Ryan. This is Russell from Wollongong, Australia. Thanks so much for the podcast. I just wanted to chime in on the idea of Tesla cars being hacked. And I wanted to point out, um, I've done some software development myself, and Perhaps some people don't understand that software systems uh, can be made quite complex and certain systems can be isolated. So even if a Tesla car can be hacked, which is true, um, that doesn't mean that uh, some hacker could just take complete control of every aspect of the vehicle. There would be subsystems that would be isolated and tamper-proof. So for example... um, even if a hacker or a Tesla update affects the AI, which can control the, the self-driving functions and all that sort of thing, um, they wouldn't automatically then gain control of the, um, the airbags or something like that. So the airbags on a vehicle will always do what they do, no matter what. And, and that's a good example of a physical system that is likely to be isolated out from any updates or hacking or anything like that. I'm sure that the same would be true of automatic braking systems. So thanks a lot for your podcast. Have a great day. See ya. Yes, the hacking topic that I uh, brought up last week in the Ride the Lightning Hotline. So, Russell, thank you very much for your call. This one counts as one of those I have nothing to add to this call because you explain that super well. I just really appreciate you uh, bringing along that added insight and detail. That makes a ton of sense. And by the way, also quite reassuring. 
Thanks, Russell. Michael from Milbray is up next, reacting to Joe's idea of wind turbines on the semi from last week. Go ahead, Michael. Hey, Ryan, it's Michael from Milbury. Just a quick response to Joe, who was wondering about putting uh, wind turbines on the top of the semi-truck in order to increase range. Unfortunately, the power uh, from the motors has to increase to overcome increased drag on the vehicle. Um, and that power increase will be greater than the the wind turbine power add, um, or at a theoretical break even, but but in reality, it would be worse. Um, so you will end up decreasing range. As much as, you know, we wish something like that would work, it would effectively be a perpetual motion machine, and the laws of physics say no to that. Michael, thank you for providing a much better explanation about that than I did. I do genuinely wonder what a trailer rooftop loaded with solar panels might do, like I was talking about last week, if that would be any kind of meaningful net gain. I appreciate you calling in. By the way, a shout out as well. Thank you to Travis from Ohio and Nick from Detroit for calling in with a similar point. Uh, But Michael beat you to the punch on there, so I'm playing his call. Thank you guys very much for that. Uh, Jaime is next up. He's a Model 3 owner from Los Angeles considering the Model Y, but with some questions. Go ahead, Jaime. What's up, Ryan? This is Jaime from Los Angeles. Model 3 owner, and I'm hoping to get a Model Y soon. I had a quick question for you. There are three different things that would make me pull the trigger immediately on a reservation for a Model Y. A, if they brought silver back. B, if the... um, wheels that are on the Model 3 now that come in the anthracite dark gray became available, or C, if they ever offered unlimited supercharging for a Model Y. I'm just curious, what are your thoughts on the probability of any of those three things happening? All right, let me know. I love the show. Been around since episode 200, and I'm rocking with you from here on out. Happy New Year. Let's go. Jaime, thank you very much for this excellent call. This is an interesting question because the whys that have been spotted in the wild have been a bit different in some cases than what's been in the design studio for you to order in the past 10 months. Unfortunately, they've really only been different, at least from the outside that we can see, in one of the three criteria that you're looking for, and that is wheels. I think the probability... Uh, of the order of probability, I should say, in your three requests from highest to lowest probability goes wheels, paint, supercharging. So with the wheels, the dark gray 20-inch performance wheels, as you're probably aware, uh, are a very new option on the performance Model 3. In fact, they're not even an option. That's just what you get when you order the, the P3D. So it's entirely possible that those are going to be the ones that end up offered, uh, meaning meaning not just offered, but that just come on the performance Model Y as well. Unless, you made me think about this, unless Tesla plans on, uh, unless they just want to differentiate the two cars a little bit by keeping the silver 20s for the PY and keeping the dark gray 20s on the P3D. That is very possible it could happen. Now on the paint, I'll tell you, I too would love to see more paint colors. I think that's one thing that Tesla is lacking in is, you know, it's it's the same five colors, no matter whether you're seeing a Model 3, Model S, 
or Model X, whether you're spending $40,000 or $140,000, it's the same five colors, which, you know, and it's been that way for a number of years now. So it's a boring might be too strong of a word, but you know, it'd be nice to see some new, uh, some new blood as it were. Although I completely understand Tesla's reasoning for not only not offering new colors, but, but cutting colors like silver, because it just, you know, their, their whole goal is to just get as many cars out the door as they can, and they're not having any problem selling any cars, so, you know, they don't need to introduce any more complexity that would only slow them down. So, anyway, um, to, your, to your question, I personally don't think it's likely that we'll see silver come back anytime soon, though I do think that there's a good chance it'll come back at some point. You know, production right now is firing on all cylinders, although I guess that's kind of a that's kind of an internal combustion engine term, isn't it? Uh, it's firing on all inverters. Does that work? I don't know. Anyway, <laughs> production's do- going really well right now with the Model 3, so I can't imagine that Tesla would want to stress the paint shop and potentially turn the paint shop back into a production bottleneck, which it had been for some time by adding more complexity to the paint process. But as the Model Y ramps up and things really settle in, once Tesla can get to seven to 10,000 Model 3s and seven to 10,000 Model Ys per week, then I think the silver could absolutely come back. Once they've really got plenty of overhead, plenty of efficiency, plenty of cars coming out on a daily basis. Now, as for the free lifetime supercharging, you know, I, I in, earlier in the call, I suggested that was kind of the thing I thought of the, of the things you were looking for, the lowest probability. And honestly, the reason for that is because on the high volume Model Y, where Tesla is going to be selling every single one that they can make for the foreseeable future, I just don't see them giving away free supercharging because they won't need to. Still, Jaime, great call. Thank you very much. And I hope you get your dark gray wheels right from the factory should you choose to get that Model Y. Noah from San Diego is up next. Go ahead, Noah. Hey, Ryan. Noah from San Diego here. I've been a longtime listener, but first-time caller. I've been a huge Tesla fan for years and have been one of their biggest supporters, but lately I've been frustrated with ChargeGate. If you're not familiar with ChargeGate, sometime last year, in response to a couple Model S fires in China, Tesla released a software update that limited the battery capacity and charging rate in older 60, 70, and 85 kilowatt-hour batteries. I didn't lose any rage in my car, but now I'm unable to charge any faster than 70 kilowatts, no matter what state of charge or what my battery temperature is. The charging also peaks really early, and I am only able to sustain that rate for a few minutes. There's a thread going on on Tesla Motors Club with thousands of posts with owners in the same boat as me. Literally overnight, Tesla took away my ability to take road trips since it takes an hour and 15 minutes to charge from 20 to 85%. I want to give Tesla the benefit of the doubt on this, but they have been completely silent. I understand that the update was safety focused, but if there truly is an issue with our batteries, then shouldn't they recall and replace them? To me, it sounds like they crippled the batteries so that they don't have any issues during the eight year warranty. I love my Tesla and I understand the batteries slowly degrade over time, but I don't think it's fair that Tesla crippled our cars overnight. I'm curious to hear your thoughts on this and what you would do if you were in our situation. Thank you for all your hard work in the show. Talk to you later. Hey, Noah. Well, I did cover this at the time, as I hope you may recall, and maybe you weren't listening to the podcast then, but nevertheless, I'm really sorry to hear that it's continued with no resolution. 
I didn't know about the nerfed charging speeds too. That's just, it's, that's terrible news. And I don't blame you at all for being frustrated. I would be the same, uh, if I put myself in your shoes, but you know, as you said, it's a safety issue, you know, that's understood, but you and other owners shouldn't just be left with a lesser vehicle than what you paid for as a result. So I'm not sure what I would do in your situation now uh, to answer your question. I, I mean, I suppose I'd try to flag it to Tesla in any which way I could, whether it's to Elon on Twitter, to the official Tesla account, to the feedback section in your My Tesla account. I mean, I'm, I'm sure folks have already done that. But hey, if you've got a few minutes and you haven't already done all those things, it doesn't hurt to add another another email, another message to the pile, so to speak. I mean, I'm happy to play your call here to try and raise awareness of this for you and, and those affected by this. Good luck, and I will be very eager to hear about any updates to this situation, be they good or bad. Hopefully good, if, uh, if you want to check in with me with any updates uh, as they do arrive. Joe from New York is next. Joe, you're on the air. Hey, Ryan, it's Joe from New York. I was wondering if you had heard any news on uh, when the internal camera, the inside-facing camera, is going to be enabled and what Tesla has uh, planned for that. Uh, I've heard, uh, I think on your podcast or one of the others, some big suggest um, basically baby monitor mode to uh, take a look in the back seat and have a little frame up on the screen to show uh, what you, what your kid is doing. Um, but also in episode 232, somebody mentioned dog mode and custom pictures. Uh, it would be really cool if when you had your car in dog mode that it uh, could stream uh, live video uh, of your dog uh, to uh, to the uh, to your phone uh, and to boot. How about uh, you know, two-way communication, so you can talk to your dog and uh, calm them down if need be. So, uh, or if somebody's breaking into your car or doing something or people are yelling outside your car, you could hear them and go out and save your car before somebody thinks they're doing the dog a favor and uh, breaking into your car to uh, to save the dog, which obviously doesn't need because of dog mode. Um, so, love to hear your thoughts. Love the podcast. Thanks. Bye. Hey, Joe, it's always good to hear from you. So there have indeed been lots of good ideas shared for that cabin-facing camera, both by listeners to this show and in other forums out there as well. Elon has specifically said that it's for the robo-taxis, but he has also acknowledged some of the other good ideas for it on Twitter. So here's hoping that Tesla chooses to start making good, smart use of that camera in some way, shape, or form sooner rather than later. As I think I've noted before, I believe it's the only, and I'm being literal here, the literal only piece of the car that's, that's literally not serving any purpose right now. So let's give it a purpose, shall we? Matt from Quebec is next. Matt, take it away. Hey, Ryan. This is Matt calling from Chertsey, Quebec. I've had an issue with my car for the past two to three weeks where uh, suddenly my saved locations completely disappeared and my history, my recent history, completely disappears almost every time I get in the car. Um, my saved ones are gone for good. Um, I called Tesla and they told me that they'd get back to me by email. Nothing so far. I was hoping if you or any of your listeners uh, could help me out. 
if you have a solution. Love the podcast. Keep it up. Thanks. Hey, Matt. Well, I confess I have not personally heard of that. I would go ahead and schedule a service appointment if I were you, as that's clearly not normal behavior. I tried to find something for you, but even when I Googled this, all I could turn up were tips about clearing your history on purpose, which, if you're curious, has proven useful for UI responsiveness for folks with older MCU One cars. So, uh, yeah, I wish I had something more definitive to share with you, but I would suggest going ahead and making an appointment and getting the car into a Tesla service tech's hands. Good luck to you. Will from Ancaster is next. Take it away, Will. Hey, Ryan. It's Will from Ancaster again here. Um, I know uh, you talked about the uh, the upgrade option showing up in the app uh, last month, month before or whatever. Um, and so I'd been going and looking at that, seeing that the wholesale driving update for or upgrade for my ex was going to be about $5,700 Canadian. Um, and I logged in yesterday and, again, just for, for fun, clicked on it again. I was down to $4,000. So are you aware of any kind of drop on the, the upgrade price? Is this a glitch that I should jump on right away? Or is this something that's coming? Is it... Uh, any ideas whether it's going to be continuing to drop? Uh, just thought I'd put that out there, see if you heard anything. Thanks. Bye. Thank you, Will. Uh, I admit this is the first I've heard of it. My advice would be to jump on it if you are, in fact, interested and prepared to buy. I mean, maybe you're not if you're, you know, if you're not keeping keeping the car for long term. So it might not be worth it to you. But, but based on the fact that you a called in and b that you went ahead and checked in the app. I think your heart wants to click purchase, but your brain isn't quite convinced yet. Uh, if it's a glitch, why not try to take advantage of it? You know, it might not last long because to answer your other question, and let me caveat this by saying, I don't, of course, I don't have any insider information here, but I very much doubt that full self-driving is going to go down in price simply because Elon Musk has consistently suggested that the opposite would be the case. Uh, Gerardo from Reno is up next. Gerardo, take it away. Hey, Ryan. This is Gerardo from uh, Reno, Nevada. I just wanted to give you a heads up that uh, that you could actually search your, your podcast through, through the the um, voice activation on the Model 3 or any Tesla. Just uh, say, search for Tesla unofficial podcast. The reason I mentioned this is because I, I think you said something about how if you said ride the lightning, it wouldn't. Uh, look you up. But now, yeah, I just said that. It, you were the first one to pop up. Well, actually, the only one to pop up. So there's that. Have a good one. Thanks. I super appreciate that. Thank you, Gerardo. Uh, I'm surprised that I hadn't thought to try that one myself. I'm glad it works. Uh, funny story, though. I tried Search for Ryan McCaffrey podcast on a neighbor's MCU One Model S, though I admit I'm not sure what version uh, of uh, software version she had. And it didn't work. And on my friend's brand new Hardware 3 Model 3 that I just helped them take delivery of, I'm going to talk more about that in a few minutes, uh, it also didn't work, although they took delivery with 10.1 on it, not the latest update, which is 10.2, which is also what I had on my road trip back from Arizona that I uh, was able to successfully make that work with. So I wonder if it only works on the latest software update, like if they made some voice 
uh, you know, voice recognition, voice command improvements on that. Still, good to know that Tesla unofficial podcast works. That is very handy. Thanks again. Two more calls for you this week. Let's go first to Brian in Pennsylvania, who was uh, who reacts to Steve's call from last week, wanting a picture of his dog in on the screen in dog mode. Go ahead, Brian. Hey, Ryan. Brian from Wapwalton, Pennsylvania. Just listening to the latest podcast Steve called, talking about dog mode and the picture of the dog in the car. And I think you missed what he was trying to say, or maybe I missed understood him. I think what he was trying to say is, and I've had this in the past many, many eons ago, um, dogs in the car, someone comes in, they find you in your restaurant, in the grocery store, wherever it is you are. You're a horrible person. You left your dog locked in the car. The car, the dog's going to die because it's so hot, yada, yada, yada. And what I think he was trying to say is that he would like to be able, on his phone, pull up the Tesla app with the um, camera inside the vehicle showing, hey, look, here's my dog. I can see my dog in the car. This is what the car does. It's set at a nice temperature in there. The dog's not going to cook. The dog's not going to freeze. Um, I think that is what Steve was trying to say. And uh, I kind of like that idea. seems like something they should be able to do. Thanks again. Hi, Brian. Well, my apologies if I misunderstood Steve, but whether I did or not, I still like the suggestion there. You know, this is one that's come up before, but I think it's one of the most practical, smartest use cases for that cabin-facing uh, camera in the Model 3. In fact, we are just talking about it with a caller earlier in the podcast. Uh, and of course, the app would also show the current temperature in the car, even though dog mode also shows it in big numbers on the car's screen as well for any passing by concerned citizen to see. So if there was a cabin feed using the cabin-facing camera, you could check on your four-legged friend at any time and be able to instantly show anyone that they're safe and that the climate is controlled. Thank you for your call. Taking us home this week is Tom from Virginia. Tom, the honor is yours. Greetings, Ryan. Tom from Virginia here. Longtime listener, first-time caller. I want to thank you for your podcast, for promoting awareness of Tesla, and to thank you specifically for your 2013 IGN review of Model S, which you referred to on this podcast a couple of weeks ago. Just like the effects of the proverbial butterfly flapping its wings, we can never be fully aware of the ripple effects our actions cause, so I want to share one such ripple effect with you. After watching your IGN review probably a dozen times back in 2013, I went and test drove Model S and was hooked immediately, irrevocably. Shortly thereafter, I submitted my application and began six years of employment at Tesla in late 2013. At that time, Tesla's mission statement was to accelerate the world's transition to sustainable transportation. Back then, most people had never even heard of Tesla, and the idea that electric vehicles would completely supplant internal combustion seemed implausible, crazy even. But just like I was enthralled by my first test drive, the amazing team I worked with Tesla provided test drives, which left folks amazed and delighted. That was actually our stated goal, leave folks amazed and delighted. Initially, it was dozens of months and hundreds, and eventually a thousand or more would test drive out of our Virginia store each month. Thousands of people became enthralled and shared their experience with countless others. Talk about ripple effects. All of us, in our own ways, great or small, educating others, makes a huge difference, moving the mission forward, transitioning the world from fossil fuels. The stakes could hardly be greater. So thank you again, Ryan, and keep up your amazing work. Tom, you've honestly made my day with this call. Thank you very much. And the thing is, this is what these cars do to people. And it's not normal. And, and I say that as very much a good thing. 
you know, it inspired you to join the company and be a part of the mission. It inspired me to start a podcast because I knew it was the one way that I could make a meaningful contribution to the Tesla community. Countless others were inspired to buy the car and then share the experience with others by giving test rides or making YouTube videos or telling their friends and coworkers about it. The products are that good and the mission is incredibly worthwhile to be a part of to boot. That's why I do this and that's why I love this phone call. Thank you very much, Tom, and all the best to you. Happy electric motoring. That's everything I've got for you in the Ride the Lightning hotline. Again, I welcome your phone calls. I invite them. If you'd like to participate, you can call in in one of those two easy ways that I mentioned at the top of the segment. You can also find that information in the, the show description, the show notes for the for each and every week as well in case uh you know you, you're you're not you don't have this uh, time code handy and you're not writing it down right as you listen so thanks everybody for calling in be right back with some notes in the spirit of adventure your pro tip of the week and some plugs for you right after this Well, as I mentioned a few minutes ago during the Ride the Lightning hotline, I was able to help some friends of mine take delivery of their Model 3 uh, this past week. And I had to say, it was really fun. You know, I've, I've done the volunteer thing at the Tesla Fremont Delivery Center in, in uh, end of quarters past. But none of those, none of the people I talked to were people that I knew. And that was fine. You know, it was just wonderful to help out and see. You know, I, I've described it as basically it's like adult Christmas morning and I get to, you know, help share. I get to share in their joy. But in this case, it was really neat going with friends of mine because, you know, I had that personal connection. And, and what was cool is, you know, they, by their own admission, don't know much about the car. They bought it based on, you know, things they'd heard from friends and things they'd read and they, you know, they they know about the car and they know a lot of the strengths, but they didn't know really any of the ins and outs of the car. I had actually, before they purchased, I took them out one night in mine and just showed them auto, well, specifically navigate on autopilot. Uh, I should, you know, sort of walk through regenerative braking and how, you know, the brake pads last way longer on a Tesla than on a a traditional car. A lot of little things, but, you know, they pulled the trigger and and got their own Model 3. And and, uh, what's been really neat is seeing them, again, people that by their own admission don't know too much about the car yet, seeing them get excited about it. It's really cool. I mean, it's it's fascinating to watch the effect, you know, just going back to, to Tom's call at the end of the hotline there, the effect that these cars have on people and the fact that they, you know, the, the Tesla is pulling more and more new people into the tent every single day. It's really, really neat to see. So, uh, you know, I wish, uh, I wish them, uh, they might be listening to this right now because I know they, they, Maybe out of just kindness to me more than <laughs> than anything else, started listening to a couple episodes of the podcast. So if you guys are listening, congratulations on the car. They've been texting me little updates. They texted me after their first uh, their first autopilot experience, saying that they were they were kind of freaked out but having a ball. So it's been really neat to uh, to just get to to observe them. One other quick note before I, I play the pro tip of the week this week. I was coming out of my doctor's office today, 
And, uh, you know, there was a guy walking, you know, just walking out to the parking lot and there was a guy in front of me. We were kind of both walking out at the same time, you know, just a little behind him. And, and he ended up, we, we were parked a, a, one space apart. So he's walking to his minivan and, and I'm, you know, just coming up to my car. And so I'm, I'm just opening the driver door and I hear from behind me, I said, uh, Hey, how do you like your car? So, you know, we start, we get to talking and, and it turns out he's just bought a, a performance model three of his own. He'd, he'd bought it, had it for like a day and it's off at the detailer getting, you know, the, the, uh, paint correction, paint protection film, ceramic coating, coating the whole nine yards. So I was like, Hey, <laughs> I tell him like, uh, you're, you're me a year and a half ago where you, you pick up your car and then you take it right to the, the detailer who keeps it for a while while doing all kinds of great, you know, protective and, and, uh, detail work to it. So he was just kind of asking me what I thought about the car and some various things. And the, and the reason I bring this up, it's, here's my point to this. This is my advice slash sort of a polite request to all of you. And that is when you, when you find yourselves in these random Tesla conversations, as I expect all of you have been in and just happen to you from time to time, people ask you about your car, just, you know, random people uh, that you don't even know. Uh, if, if they're a Tesla owner as well, I highly advise you to mention any, you know, in a polite way, but just bring up any local incentives that may uh, that may exist in your area, because uh, in my experience, and you know, I I've seen this. I'll say I've seen this a number of times. Because again, you know, I, having done the volunteer thing uh, with Tesla deliveries for a, a few different quarters, I've seen this a number of times. In my experience, Tesla could do a much better job of informing new customers as they're taking delivery of what local and state incentives that those people that, that new owners have available to them because this gentleman who I was talking to actually I didn't even get his name he didn't know about the PG&E $800 cash rebate that that any electric vehicle is eligible for PG&E is our uh, utility provider here in northern california $800 cash rebate uh, i think i've i mentioned it i guess about a year ago because it went up from five hundred to eight hundred dollars at the beginning of uh, twenty nineteen. So I guess I, I would have mentioned it on this podcast about a year ago. But that's the point: is if you've got some incentive like that with your utility company or your your state or whatever it is, be sure to you know bring it up to any any you know Tesla owners that you might be talking to. Because hey, if you if they already know about it, great. You know, then you've only spent ten seconds telling them something they already know in again in a polite respectful way but on the, in the event that they didn't know about it well guess what you've just you've just saved your fellow tesla owner hundreds of dollars whatever it is yeah this you know uh, i'm not trying to uh, pat myself on the back here i mean i I, I say this because this this isn't the first person that i've had this happen to again it's uh, I, i've i've there was a guy i met while walking daisy in my own neighborhood he had a blue Model Three in the garage, and just he had the garage open. He was standing there. I said, "Oh, you you know, liking your car?" I struck up a conversation, and same thing. He did not know about the PG and E rebate. So, um, mention that stuff because you might be able to uh, just do a do a good deed for that person, <laughs> for your fellow Tesla owner. 
Uh, all right, let's get to the pro tip of the week. This one coming out of the archive a little bit. I've got a nice little stash of these, uh, which I always appreciate, but I can always use more. If you've got a good pro tip of the week, again, something interesting that you've learned about your car or just about the general Tesla experience that is not covered in the owner's manual that you think maybe isn't obvious to people, call in with it and let me know. You know, Please try to keep it to that same minute and a half or less that the regular calls get. And you, you call in the same way that you call in for the hotline. So here's Gil in San Diego. Go ahead, Gil. Hey, Ryan. Gil from San Diego. I wanted to also share a pro tip with you that uh, I think is kind of cool. Um, I recently got a um, Bluetooth uh, sort of uh, transmitter that plugs into the USB port so that I could get a um, Xbox Bluetooth controller and use it wirelessly in the car. It works great. Um, the only issue is you have to sync it kind of each time you start everything up again uh, because of the way the, the sort of power works in the car, I think. Um, but it's awesome. And then the other thing I did that was kind of cool is I got a uh, controller that is a little bit, um, you know, skept, uh, painted on, and it, it sort of looks like an X-Wing. I got it at a, at a TwitchCon this year. They had a vendor there that did custom uh, remote controls or game controllers. So anyway, the, the bigger thing, though, is a Bluetooth controller and a plug-in for your uh, car so that you can get rid of some wires um, in your car. Very cool, Gil. Glad to know that that little hack of sorts exists and works. Thank you for sharing that. Now let me give you a few plugs. First of all, abstractocean.com. Get over there. Get your 15% discount exclusively for listeners of this podcast. Pile in everything you want into your cart. Use the coupon code RTLPODCAST at checkout. Get that 15% off. Tempered glass screen protectors. Uh, the vinyl, or excuse me, the, uh, the various forms of wraps for your center console. You can even do, you can even wrap the, like the window switches, all those, all those glossy black areas. You can make it all match. You can change the whole look of it. Pretty cool stuff. Uh, they've got, you know, lanyards, uh, lighting kits. Lighting kits are a big one. You know, the, the, uh, lighting kits in the footwells and in the door panels aren't super bright. So if you'd like to brighten those up, They've got uh, kits for that, plus the the puddle lights, the ones where you open your doors and the light shines down below when the doors open. You can change that to a Tesla T logo, a Model 3 logo, an S logo, an X logo. Just lots of neat stuff. Check them out, abstractocean.com. Uh, meanwhile, if you have a wireless charging-capable smartphone, so a Qi uh, Qi standard, Qi uh, compatible wireless charging smartphone, which most of them are nowadays, and you'd like to be able to wirelessly charge it in your Model 3, the uh, fine folks at Jada have you covered with the Jada wireless charging pad. Uh, they also now have uh, a USB hub, which adds a couple extra USB ports, including a USB-C port, as well as, uh, I've mentioned before, the like a, a basically a, ma a magnetized dummy door uh, that, that's flush against the back of the thing that sits against the, the forward-most uh, part of your center console that you could, basically you can hide your, your USB, your sentry mode kit, so that if anybody ever did to get in there and want to take the evidence away that of them breaking into your car, let's hope it never happens, but it's going to be a lot tougher for them to get in and remove that evidence. Uh, so if any of that interests you, please go to getjada.com slash R-E-F 
slash eight. That's Jada spelled J-E-D-A. Speaking of the dash cam and the sentry mode kit, if you would like a nice turnkey one-stop solution uh, that will work reliably for the foreseeable future because it's not a USB, but rather, I mean, it's a USB adapter, but it's a, it's a micro SD card, which is designed for the over and over frequent writing and rewriting that the dash cam and sentry mode do. Go to puretesla.com slash RTL, puretesla.com slash RTL. And again, they're just totally turnkey solution kits. $49 for the 128 gig version, that's what I'm using. If you wanna step up to a 256 gig, that's uh, gonna set you back $69. Fully formatted, it comes fully formatted for the Tesla cam and it is plug and play straight out of the package, right into your car, works with Mac and PC, and they'll ship anywhere in the world, and if they're shipping in the US, that shipping is free. So uh, give that a look if that's of interest to you. Meanwhile, Immaculate Reflections, taking great care of me and my car, and I know I've, I've heard from a lot of listeners who've taken their cars over to Jeff and Immaculate Reflections, and Literally every single one of them is left happy because, again, I, you know, I can't uh, – being super serious, like, you know, I started – I got to know Jeff when he was working on my car uh, when I first got it. You know, we'd been talking before I got my car. He found this podcast. But, boy, it's been wonderful to become friends with him. He's just a just he's just he's a great human being, and it so happens he's an ins- extremely talented detailer as well. So irdetailing.com. And uh, for listeners of this podcast, Jeff's offering $100 off any ceramic coating package or partial paint protection film. For instance, if you just want to get the front of the car, the most uh, you know high impact with the rocks and the pebbles and the debris, you just get the front, you, could, you get a $100 discount. Or if you do want to wrap the whole car, do the whole thing in paint protection film, $250 discount on that. If you're an active or retired military service member, there's an additional discount on top of that. Just present your military ID. Uh, you can contact Jeff for more, including if you want to go ahead and and uh, book time with him, book uh, an appointment to get your car done, irdetailing.com. Uh, meanwhile, I guess the last thing is the Patreon, which uh, you can find my Patreon at patreon.com slash tesla podcast patreon spelled p-a-t-r-e-o-n and the patreon if you're not aware that is a way that you can safely and securely and continuously support my efforts with this podcast should you so choose it's of course totally optional there's some uh, you know I've, i've tried to put some nice little additional perks and benefits in there for people that do back me at various tiers. So uh, there's a tier for getting early access to each week's episode. You get it about 24, a little more than 24 hours early. There's a, a bonus episode each month with it's all, all the extra awesome Ride the Lightning hotline calls that I can't get to on the regular weekly show get turned into a monthly bonus episode that lives uh, out there just for the Patreon folks at a certain tier. And then finally, there is the... Uh, producer tier, which gets your name shouted out lovingly and appreciably by me each and every week, which I'm going to do now. So uh, yeah, again, if you if you think I've earned your support, I'd sincerely appreciate it. You can learn more at patreon.com slash Tesla podcast. So with that, a thank you to the Patreon producers. 
the group is Pete White, Wolfgang Obergen, George Cassiopo, David Brander, Jonathan Wales, Alexi Heft, Logan Willis, Michael Lester, Robert Maracle, Jason Chalukas, Joe Edgel, Tim Hyde, Lars Hoffman, Lawton from Chicago, Peter Chalet, Rome Strack, David Vakil, Ulrich Lassa, Luke A., Eric Randolph, David Nondahl, Jerry and Mary Smith, Brian Hope, Bill Royko, Lyle Austin, Joel Sapp, Dory and Steve Guberman, Michael Waddle, Daniel Grummer, Jeremy, Tesla Owners Taiwan, Jeremy Harris, Rob Brewer, Ron Lee, Chris Konesnik, John Cody, Matthew Wright, Aaron Appleby, Charlie Gillespie, Kaz Barnes, Neil Weaver, David Perella, Sunil Joseph, Dennis Peake, Scott Gillis, Will Stedman, Evie Tricity UK, Stig Mickey Jensen, Jeff Angwin, Chase Cabanillas, Richard Folkers, Matt Kalen, Trenton from Myrtle Beach, Lisa Kaz, The Lydia Family, Michael Regal, and Mark Eversoll. Thank you all very much for your very generous and continued support on Patreon. If you're not already subscribing to the podcast, you can do so completely for free, of course, on your favorite podcast service. That just ins- Subscribing on your favorite podcast service just ensures that a new episode will be pushed to you automatically each time one is posted, which is uh, every Sunday, of course, at 9 a.m. Eastern, 6 a.m. Pacific. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts or Google Podcasts or Stitcher or TuneIn, which is in your Tesla, or Spotify. Uh, I'm also on YouTube, just as an audio feed only, but a lot of people, uh, more and more people actually, are seemingly uh, enjoying it on YouTube, so you're welcome to to get it there. Uh, But that will wrap it up. Daisy the Boxer Puppy is completely passed out, sprawled across the couch, so i got to get her up to uh, get her out to... Use the facilities out back before she before we call it a night. But it is late here in San Francisco. I'm gonna get to bed. I just want to say thank you all very much uh, for listening. You know, an hour plus of your week is not an insignificant thing to ask of you. And the fact that you choose to spend that time listening to this podcast, I do not take that lightly. I uh, it is very flattering. It is very humbling for me. So thank you all for listening and uh, just sharing in the Tesla spirit and Tesla enthusiasm with me. There's just, this company's so much fun. The products are great. 2020 is going to be wonderful. 2021 is going to be real good. Uh, It's just going to be a blast. So for a sleeping Daisy the Boxer puppy, I'm Ryan McCaffrey. Happy electric motoring, my friends, and I'll see you next week. I mean, I think a Tesla is the most fun thing you could possibly buy ever. That's what it's meant to be. Our goal is to make... It's, it's not exactly a car. It's actually a thing to maximize enjoyment. It's maximum fun.